the mouth of the cell, Jimmy Hart. Hey, check out my new tag team, baby, Money and the Pharaoh. Hey, Jimmy, don't forget to tell them about Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Well, you know what, I would, but you already did it. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and Pharaoh, bro. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. The Monty and Pharaoh show. And you're watching the Monty and Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. With Monty and the Pharaoh. 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 Monty and Pharaoh. Monty and Pharaoh. And Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, is it Monty and the Pharaoh? Monty and Pharaoh. Da the Monty and the Pharaoh show. Monty and the Pharaoh. To the Monty and the Pharaoh show. And it's Monty and the Pharaoh, baby. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Oh, what a run. Monty and the Pharaoh. Monty and the Pharaoh. Hey, cut the fucking music. When you want the best in professional wrestling, Long Island, there's only one place you're going to get it. Right here, Monty and the Pharaoh. <laughs> now, that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. That, my friends, is just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Monty and the Pharaoh. You've got the future Hall of Famer, that rocker, Marty Gennetti, MJ in the house, and I'm sitting here with two more future Hall of Famers, Monty and the Pharaoh. We're doing that stuff and we're going to rock it. Straight, straight, straight to the top. We're living this life, not just dreaming it, we're doing it for real. Straight, straight, straight to the top. Working hard every day just to live out that tower. Welcome to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen out of Indie Music TV in Ron Conkham on Long Island. At the board is super producer Matt. How are you, bud? Amazing as always. Love to see you. He's amazing. To the right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, buddy? Hey, what's going on, partner? Back again. A couple of uh, good shows uh, last week. Yeah. What was your yeah. most enjoyable part? Oh, my God. Um, I, I, I love the, the jamming with Andrew and the band, Aqua Cherry. That was awesome. And uh, Virgil's uh, penile uh, discussion was was pretty funny there, dude. <laughs> Did you ever think Virgil was going to be like that? No, I told you I was really surprised. I wasn't sure what to expect with Virgil because thanks to the internet, there hasn't been there's been some unflattering comments about Virgil. I wasn't sure what we were getting. He was awesome. He was cool. He was fun. He was fun. It was different, right? You know? Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. I thought he was an excellent guest. Uh could make a little of announcement here. Announcement. We'll be putting our show on cable TV in New Jersey and Connecticut oh, within the next couple of weeks. Holy tri-state, so Batman. Yeah, look at you knowing a tri-state. Yeah, right? well, yeah, yeah. That much I know. What comes after those three? Pennsylvania? Is that next? Go after them too? I think we're going to go international. International? Okay, fine. Jimmy and I would like to take a moment uh, to show respect to the people who have lost their lives and the people who are in the front lines during this time.
All right, welcome back. Before we hit our guest, uh, Mr. Justin Credible, hmm. ECW superstar, oh, former yeah. heavyweight champion. That's right. We're just going to take a quick commercial break. Be right back. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV in Ron Conkham in New York. Monty Nefaro can be seen on YouTube Monty Nefaro page, Facebook Live Monty Nefaro page, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Could be seen on iHeartRadio? Seen or heard? Am I really saying that? I thought children are to be seen and not heard. Well, we are children. Anchor. Yeah, thank you. Anchor Radio. Twitch TV, Monty Nefaro page, uh, RTF Sports Network every Friday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m., their anchor show. Nice. Channel 115 every Tuesday, 8.30 to 9 p.m. in the reduced version where we'll be having... How about Mr. the abbreviated Jeff? version? Can we go you with that? Go reduced with that? makes it sound like, you know, I'm having trouble in the sack. You know, how about abbreviated? You're attacking my <laughs> Incredible will be reduced on that video. <laughs> we will early not be rise, reduced. Early risers Saturday, six a.m. to six thirty a.m. on channel one fifteen, right. and on channel yeah. twenty yeah. Friday morning, yeah. at one thirty. So that's like a couple of hours from now, right? So a little trickery there. Some right. people are thinking Friday morning, like Saturday morning, right? It's kind no. of like Friday no, it's actually morning. late Thursday, early Friday morning. I want to thank the star of our show today, Mr. Justin Credible. Yeah. Justin, how are you, sir? Thanks Fan. for taking a ride Fantastic. over to the station. I no, really it's my appreciate pleasure. It. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. to have someone of your caliber Damn even straight. sitting here. Damn I'm going to turn straight. you over to the star of the show. Where's he's going to he's going to give you something called the juice. The ju You're the star of the show, but what? this is like the regular star of the show. So I got you. Where did you come up with the juice, by the way? I don't know. This is recent with you. All of a sudden, it's the juice. Okay, folks. What do you want me to call it? Yeah, get your glasses because you're about to get a big glass of juice. Here All we right, go. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, our esteemed guest today, born Peter Joseph P.J. Polacco. Do I have that right? I hope I have that I right. I think you're not misrepresenting names. I know, like we were doing all last week, but yeah. that was actually funny. Born October 16th, the day before the Pharaoh, 1973, so he's a Libra. He's, he's well-balanced. How do you know this stuff? What? Like you you put it right here. Oh, well, I know that I'm a Libra, and he's the day before. I thought so you just knew that off the How do I know this stuff? Do I know? Uh, you were Scorpio, right? You're born the day before. Well, that could be if he was born a little bit later. Scorpio. Anyway. Semi-retired American professional wrestler, best known for his appearances with ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, and the World Wrestling Federation. Of course, in ECW, he was the legendary Justin Credible. And in the WWF, he annoyed the shit out of me because I just want to smack Vince with Aldo Montoya. But at least I'm being honest here. I was like, what the hell? I liked Aldo Montoya. I, I know you did. I loved just Justin Credible. It just felt... Incredible. Anyway, <laughs> Polacco is a one-time world champion, as we all know, having won the ECW World Heavyweight Championship, also an ECW World Tag Team holder two times with the awesome and completely underrated The Great Lance Storm, and also eight-time WWF slash WWE, Virgil refuses to call it WWE, I don't blame him, WWF slash E hardcore champion eight times. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest this week is not just the coolest, and he's not just the best. This is, folks, Justin Credible. All right, all What's right. What's going on, fellas? How are you? Great, to, right, great to be back good. on the broadcast, man. Yeah, thanks for 
coming it's down here and finally getting there, right? We I know. Go yeah, commercial breaks, all this. Sh- so, uh, how, how you holding up, bro? I'm holding up great, man. I'm very blessed, uh, fortunate enough to be working uh, in these crazy times uh, with some great people, and uh, you know, just uh, getting ready to hopefully get back to some normalcy at some point uh, mm. this year and. Just get back to performing, to getting in that ring. Uh, I never thought I'd miss wrestling as much as I do now. Uh, but, you know, just uh, just feel very fortunate, especially to be here with you guys. Well, thank, thank you. you. So when you have that wrestling opportunity comes, are you going to be nervous about it? No, not at all. Not you at know, all. You seem very like, are you like not believing the COVID thing? Or? No, I believe it 100%. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely real. It's just for me, man, you, you can't kill misery. Uh, <laughs> I've gone through. I've, I've gone through the black plague, my friends, and uh, nothing can kill me yet. So, right, uh, right. I, I'm, no, but all kidding aside, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to getting back to performing, to doing what we love, uh, through whatever you know circumstances we have to go through to get there. Uh, I'm just hoping it comes sooner than later, you know, because uh, I, I miss the fans. And uh, we don't know when it's going to be where we could perform in front of fans again. Right? right? That's a reality. That's something we have never even fathomed uh, right. six months ago. So uh, it's just uh, you know it's it's an adaption period, adoption period, whatever. And I'm um, just you know hopefully things could get uh, normalized to where we start just wrestling for the fans again. Right? I, I think we're almost on a brink. Like wrestling's in trouble. Like it, mm. if it continues the way it's going, the ratings are very well, slow. It's not yeah. just that. It just seems like. Th- the, the interest might be there, but not there anymore. But if you guys come back and like everything starts to go to back to normal, yeah. I could see it getting crazy. Like every indie show getting sold out. You know? Yeah, I it uh, I, I've checked out the ratings. I mean, Raw is ridiculously low, and really? I don't watch Raw not because I have anything against the WWE. I just uh, I don't I, I just don't like the product. Mm-hmm. Um, One point six million viewers, and I would figure without baseball or basketball, which right. is about to go back live. Right. On national television, I figured that wrestling would have a leg up in the ratings. That obviously hasn't been. Um, AEW, which I review uh, every Friday with Vince Russo um, on Patreon, we, we we go dive head deep into it. And, you know, they're holding on to about 800,000 viewers. So mm. what we're basically seeing when we do the, the breakdown in the tape is there's about 1.5 million wrestling fans. As opposed to back in the day where Raw would do 3 million, WCW would do whatever. And now if you really combine AEW, NXT, it's about 1.5. Wow. If you look at Raw, last week was 1.6. Smackdown, the same thing. So it's it's uh, the interest in pro wrestling is at an all time low and it's 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 really scary. In your opinion, what's the biggest reason for the decline in interest in this sport? I'm not sure. I'm mm. not sure because well, uh, I I feel the talent is at an all time high. I mean, you're you're seeing some great men and women um, out there doing it and doing it at a very high level. In just, ring, in the ring, yeah. How about character development? Um, that I I feel it, it's just not the same as it used to be. I think we are so concerned uh, as fans or as critics or whatever you want to say in. You know, who's doing how many dives to the floor and who's doing what kind of cool moves and slapping their legs 15 times um, instead of really creating storylines that are that are meaningful, that that fans care about. So uh, I I think we're at a crossroads right now to to the way we present pro wrestling to the masses because right now, 
you know, uh, it, we really are struggling to gain an audience, you know, yep. and it's, it's very puzzling because right now I would figure that it would be an amazing time. But also another thing, too, is and I think this has directly to do with COVID. We are a performance based art and we were always taught to play toward the people and to the live crowds right and not having a crowd to kind of judge you because you know some some of the newer kids like to go out and plan everything before they go out through the curtain where a lot of the older guys the older cats they like to go out there and like improv comedy they like to feel the room and go from there you know see what's out there right and by not having a live audience to play off of i think we're really selling ourselves short and I think it's really affecting the way that the broadcast comes out. And it's become very just kind of uh, paint-by-numbers uh, sort of thing. It and feels it's like blasé to me. Very much so, okay. yeah. So I, I think that's a, that's a big problem that uh, hopefully could be addressed. You know? Okay. Well, also not to mention, right, that you can go catch Raw or AEW on the Internet. Yeah. Whenever you have time, true. So it's not must see TV anymore. It's right. like you know you had to tune in every Monday night. To, you know you didn't want to miss the action, and you couldn't go to the internet to go watch what was going on. So yeah, it's 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 definitely a troubling time, and you know it's a sport based on fan participation. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and you're not who's to say we don't know if baseball is going to do well. We don't know if basketball <sighs> and football are going to do well. Yeah. I watched a little baseball, I mean the opening seasons today, but I watched uh some of the pre-games or whatever for the Yankees. What, like Mets Yankees the yeah. other day? I mean, okay. um, they have some pretty good ideas. That they're selling. They're piping can... in crowd noise. Which yeah. is fine. No, it's not. Yes, it, it is. It doesn't. No. But here's a good idea. They're selling. They can sell you a seat, and they'll take a picture of you and put your, like. I heard like... that they're putting a cardboard monkey yeah. in seat. That's, I think it's a great on. idea. That's terrible. That's terrible. That is awful. That's trying awful. times, man. Guys, do it. Strange times. Yeah, how, about, times. how about football? We're going to have J-E- no J-E-T-S chant? Or are they going to pipe that into? Why not? This is ridiculous. <laughs> doesn't matter anyway. This sucks. <laughs> That's true. The Jets. They're the Jets. That sucks. Justin, why don't we go back to the beginning? Tell me why you decided to become a pro wrestler. We spoke a little bit outside about your you know, beginnings with the Hart family. What do sure. you got for us? Where does it all start? Man, it, it just started with me as like a 14, 15-year-old kid, man, mm-hmm. in high school, um, always fascinated by pro wrestling, um, you know, seeing Ric Flair go out there and entertain, like, uh, you know, for the NWA, uh, Hulk Hogan, it was like around that era um, in the 80s, and I mean, I basically knew junior year of high school, I'm talking about 87, that I wanted to be a pro wrestler, I started saving up money to go to pro wrestling school. Uh, then, so uh, I always knew it was something I wanted to do, and it was just, uh, it, it was, you know, I was never a good enough athlete to make it in real sports, which I love, I'm a big sports fan, Okay. but I figured, you know, I could do pro wrestling, okay. and for some reason, I just believed that I could be larger than life, and it allowed you this, this playing field that was wide open, you could just, you know kind of dare to dream mm-hmm. sort of thing. Sure. And I just went about it. I worked as hard as I could and took it real serious. And I went up to Calgary with literally 150 bucks in my pocket oh, and nice. uh, came nice. back a pro wrestler. You know, got to have uh, some it balls. The best thing, it was the best thing I ever that's done. The ballsy move. Were you yeah. a big kid growing up or did you have to grow into the size to be comfortable in this business? I had to grow into it. Um, okay. I was like, you know, sophomore year of high school, I was maybe 5'5", five, five, 130 pounds. Oh, jeez. You know, Dude. and... Uh, yeah, five five one thirty. You would you wouldn't have liked so him. That's, he would give you a hard time. All you need is a little juice, man. Oh, well, you stop. Get a little juice. Really? You're back in the game. That's it. 
That happened. Wow. Can you get me can you get me some? I'm a little small nowadays. Well, I was, I was gonna ask you guys out back. <laughs> can we'll I talk about that later on? <laughs> But uh, nonetheless, you know, you know I, got, I got to just being in good shape and just really yeah. under, because back then guys were so much bigger. Now, like, yeah. you, oh, you know, you got guys that are 130, 140 oh, pounds. Well, back then you had guys like Ted DiBiase and, you know, who they didn't look muscular and huge. Big, yeah. They were huge oh, men. They're big guys. 6'2", 6'3", 240. Cowboy Bob Orton was in a, sc- a sculpture. The guy was huge. Huge. Yeah, they were just. That's it. That's the thing. Like, you could be 5'10", 240, built yeah. muscular, right? Yeah. Huh. When you walk against so, like you go against someone six five, and right. you just look at them, it's right. like you realize how small you really they are. Really are. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I've never seen more mismatches physically in my life than today's current wrestling. It's like what? Yeah. How am I supposed to take this seriously? Yeah. This kid looks like he's from the junior high. I want to know what your parents thought, Mom, oh. Dad. I want what? <laughs> what are you, yeah. you going to do with yourself, Justin? I'm gonna. Well, and I'm gonna they were they were not real happy. Really? Um, I okay. But I must say they did they did support me. They, they did, did support me. They, they were let, super cool. They let you go up there with the 150. Yeah. Yeah. They knew they what you were about to try. They, they supported me. Now they your parents, your parents wow. were Portuguese, right? Yeah, they're Ooh. Portuguese. So did they know about professional wrestling? Did you have to explain it to them. They knew. They knew. Did they like yell at you? Like no, what they were, were just doing? like you know. This they what? knew how passionate I was about it. They really knew how passionate I was about it. I mean, yeah. You know, in high school, instead of you know, I was always part of the cool kids, sort of. But uh, instead of going out, I would do backyard wrestling shows. Yeah. So right away, like you know, they kind of knew that this was by hook or by crook. This is what I was going to do. Did you think it was real when you were a kid? No. You never thought no, it was I real. always saw it. See, I always saw it from <laughs> the performance. You. I didn't think it was real. I had my moments where I thought some of it was yeah, real. That's you, not I always me. saw it from the performance piece of it. Oh, man. You know, and uh, but that's what helped me make it. <laughs> yeah. You okay. Because okay. I always thought, like, okay, how can I sell it? How could I? Okay. You know, and back then, too. Uh, dirt sheets were just a th- becoming a thing, right? And I already started to call the nine hundred numbers and subscribe <laughs> to the, calling. you know, yeah. So and mom I, and dad are yelling at you because oh, you're spending yeah. all that. Oh, they're yelling more about fun. those bills oh, than anything else. You must have gotten your ass paddled. Uh, oh my god, I what? got yelled at for that Wait, too. Hold on. So is your mom at yelling at your dad because he thinks he's calling like dirty hotlines, and then, they, and then she dials it, and finds out it's a pro wrestling hotline. I spent more money on Jim Ross's nine hundred <laughs> number than uh, oh than I'd care to admit. All right, come on, tell me how much. Oh, at least five hundred. <laughs> what? At least. What was that? Like two bucks a minute or something? Yeah, like it's that? like a dollar yeah, ninety nine a minute. It's like a dollar ninety nine a minute. I have to find out what happened to his leg. And he's he on there for five minutes slow too, right? He'd be Yo, like, "All right, guys, we're gonna but get it." Was it. Just, it was just, we were so passionate about it, man. We just literally oh, yeah. like I would oh, be yeah. in school, and he'd have study hall, and I'd be like writing out cards that we would do for the this backyard. Is, you know, when we got home. That's so awesome, man. So. It was nice. just, it was cool, man. It and, was then nice. you, and then you lived your dream. And I lived my dream. But it gave true. me, I don't know, sometimes it just it just seemed easy for me. Like, a lot of people, like, have struggles. Like, oh, I tried hard to make it as a pro wrestler. For me, it was just, like, natural. It's like, how could you guys not know right. what what we do here? This right. is, right. you know, and I just, I just, I absorbed myself in it. I jumped into it and just lived every part of it like I was already there. Well, that's why you made it, man, because you, yeah. you loved it that much. It was yeah. in your blood, and it didn't matter that at the time you were 5'5", five, five, 130 pounds, right? It's like you it was there. It's what you wanted. I, I'll tell you one quick story. Um, I spent 10 ma- – uh, I, I, I trained with the Hearts. I had my first pro match October sixteenth, 1992. I, had, I worked for Calgary Stampede, Bret Hart's family's organization. I had my first 10 matches out there, and then I came to the States, didn't know anybody. 
didn't do any indie shows. I went to, by myself, nobody told me to do this, to the New Haven, the old New Haven Coliseum yep. for a WWF house show. And I introduced myself to Tony Gurria, Black Jack Lanza, and Pat Patterson. And I said, sir, I was trained by the Hart Brothers. Uh, if I could just sit here and, you know, watch the show, if you'd grant me that. You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, go ahead, kid. I don't mean to cut you up, but how, how do you even get to them, though? Yeah, how, how does you that just, even, how I do you just even... walk backstage with my bag. You're just like, hey. Yeah. Wow. Just, I, was, I had balls, man. Where the hell is security? I, there was no security back then. You <laughs> just walk, correct. man. Just walk oh, in. Hey, yeah, Vince. But, they, but, they, but I, you were always taught that if you're one of the boys, right. you're welcome in any locker room. Right. right? So I just did it. You were already playing the part. You just I didn't in. know it. I mean, I guess I, it was ballsier than I thought it that's was. I wasn't ballsy, trying though. to be ballsy. I just thought, like, that's was what though. you do. Yeah. And... Um, I saw the show, you know, they didn't use me, of course, and then uh, I said, thank you for the experience, and Tony Gurria reaches in his jacket, he's like, here's my card, we're starting a new show in Manhattan called Monday Night Raw, we could use some guys to do jobs and extras, you know, and I said, okay, and uh, right away, that's what kind of got me started in that pathway of meeting these guys and learning but and at no coming. point was there like the Gria say, and after we oh, talk about this, Pat Patterson oh. needs you to change his light bulb in his office or something? Nah, Pat, you know what? Pat Patterson was one of the kindest, <laughs> gentlest uh, human beings, uh, one of the most... Everybody loves Pat Patterson. He's a, one of the most influential guys because he didn't have to give me the time of day. And a lot of people talk a lot of bad things about Pat because of his sexual orientation. A right. lot of that's a bunch of BS. Well, because, well hold on. You know, I, he was you know really we joke about it not because... Well, we're not joking about it, but it's not about the sexual orientation but the fact that i'll be honest with you you know you're you're a famous professional wrestler people know you all over i have a problem when you hear these stories about him taking advantage of these these ring boys and all this other stuff and it's like like i don't know isn't there something inside of you goes "Eh, you know not the guy that i knew Honestly, I just think, man, back in the day, there was there were a lot of shady things going on. Mm -hmm. This was pre uh, the time I got involved in WWE. Mm -hmm. But Pat, to me, was never one. He was good to you. He was not even good to me. He was just a good dude. Like he was one of Shawn Michaels' close confidants. Like he, like Razor, all those guys. They were all like I kind of went where my, you know, I was like because Scott Hall always took me under his wing. Mm -hmm. And these, it was like, you know, he kind of like, Pat's the guy. Pat was the guy. So personally, it's it's fair to say that you feel that his rep is bullshit. Um, from my experience, absolutely. Okay. And again, I wasn't there, though. Right. In, the eight, in 86, 87, <laughs> when that enough. stuff was supposedly, supposedly happening. happening. And obviously, I don't, I don't think it's been proven. Right. I, don't, I'm right. Not sure I think, you know, in my opinion, dude, and it, I, could be, I could be way off. I right. really could. It was still a, such a masculine... Uh, Biz. Business, sure, and have being a man of homosexual, mm-hmm. you know, he was homosexual mm-hmm. and open about it, always open about right. it. Uh, it wasn't accepted back then, and I think in that way, I think people just started to kind of like, oh, he's this way, and just mm. all of a sudden, so you very, know what I mean? He's a deviant. Very important. I just want to make sure we spell this out. So back in those days, it was common knowledge behind the scenes that Pat was gay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he wasn't hiding it behind no, the scenes. Never. Very interesting. No. Yeah, okay. Never. Okay. All right. So to me, but I think in 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 the outs, you know, outside of the business, it was still something that wasn't as accepted mm-hmm. by far as it is today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he just got a, I, again from where I stand. Yeah. I never had. I find it interesting that Adrian Adonis portrayed 
you know, a very ladylike character, if you will. And Pat Patterson was the most ballsy ass kicker. You could never even. It's just strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's just to me, it's just strange. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. This. This. You, do go. we need to go commercial break, brother? Or no. Yeah. We'll okay. Get let's time. get one more in. If you could do it all over, this may be anticlimactic, but I'll ask anyway. If you could do it all over, would you have been a wrestler? Ooh. Wow, now I'm surprised. I'm hearing the wires so crackling. Oh, wow. He's Hold like, on. he's really thinking about it. He's like, let me see. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess I would. Okay. Uh, because uh, I've had some of the greatest memories of my life uh, as a sure. pro wrestler. But from a living, breathing human being and his future and after wrestling my future and what it entails, mm-hmm. no. No. Interesting. No. Um, I, I wouldn't want to take away the memories. Uh, I wouldn't want to take away the experiences. But from a professional standpoint, from a money-making standpoint, I would have stayed far and clear. Really? Because it, 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 it caused my family and myself so much mental and physical pain that I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever be able to share. Right. You know? It's more than people can imagine. Right. Right. Understood. You're a cool dude, dude. I'm really, uh, He's just incredible. Yeah, you're a pretty, pretty incredible guy. All right. Uh, recently, the uh, speaking out movement, uh, shedding light on sexual and physical and emotional abuse inflicted, all over the place, right, on members of the wrestling industries. Uh, I know you've worked with wrestlers recently. Indie wrestler Candy Cartwright. I think you know her, right? Yeah. Uh, with her situation with Matt Riddle, do you have any thoughts on that situation? I don't even know the situation. Okay. So Candy, I know Candy, and I don't know Matt, um, but I don't know their situation. So Candy uh, claims that Matt was sexually aggressive towards her and okay. kind of called him out on the carpet. Um, Matt returned favors saying that they had an affair together, but you know he told his wife and he wanted to end it, and this is her way of trying to destroy his career now that he's a WWE. He just got promoted to SmackDown, right. and all of a sudden, out she comes with this. So I thought the timing was absolutely like, what yeah. is going on here? Any thoughts on, in general, what's been going on with all the speaking out, and this one did this 20 years ago, and that one did that? I mean, uh, I know how you feel about the Internet in general. The, the, I, what do you I, think I when you hear about this stuff? I have two versions. I have the political correct version. And then I have what I really feel. Okay. And what I really feel might get me in trouble. Okay. Um, we don't want you to get you in trouble. So well, no, I don't want to get in trouble either, but I will say this, that... Write I, it down. I'll read it for no, you. No, no, no. There's... there's <laughs> t- listen, I, you can never... You never really know what happened. Right. Um, right. I've known and been around long enough to know that um, we as human beings, and especially in this business, say and do things sometimes out of spite out of jealousy and i'm not going to dare call anyone especially mm-hmm. when i don't know anything mm-hmm. a liar or anything but i just think that it's all like you're playing the game anybody that's in it is playing the game um both the the, the male and the female i'm not saying who's right or wrong but mm-hmm. everybody use it i mm-hmm. it goes both ways and the best way i could say it without getting into too much trouble is both sides know what they're doing mm-hmm and they mm-hmm. know what they're not. They're not silly or stupid. The, they know what's going on. So I think it's just used uh, at their convenience. And I think, like you said, it's a funny time for it to happen. Like right. I said, I don't know anything about that. Right. I know Candy uh, from wrestling out here in Long Island. She was a very nice girl. She used to date uh, Brian from FTW mm-hmm. over here, who had the wrestling school. Um, 
and that's where I know her from. But uh, she was a wonderful girl. But you can never really tell. It's right. Only those two people know. Right. That's why I've never had the audacity to bring any of my public or private stuff into the public mm-hmm. because it's always he said, she said. Right. And right now, it's almost like everybody has an issue, right? It seems that way. It seems that way. So, you know, who could say? Right. All right, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with pro wrestling superstar, Just Incredible. We shall return. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV in Ron Conkerman, New York, and with our special guest, Justin Credible. Justin, I wanted to ask you, were you ever put in a position where you felt you had to do something out of the ordinary to keep your job? Obviously, you obviously explained Patterson never gave you any problems, but did you ever have anything behind the scenes in any company where it was like, if I don't do this stupid thing they're asking me, I'm, I may possibly lose my employment. Did you ever have to go through anything dumb? I don't think so, no. Well, you're lucky. No, not like that. Right. Not not of, not professionally nor mm-hmm. of any other nature. No. Was there any kind of physicality you actually thought about before a match? Just, I don't want to do this to myself tonight. No. Interesting. No. no, they were like, again, I, maybe it's just me. I, I had a really good experience. They were... They were very professional, man. It was just, it was the pro wrestling game. I mean, look, and again, I think this is, this goes back to the way kids are taught. You're, you're in a pro wrestling match, but it doesn't mean that you're giving of yourself totally. It's like, mm-hmm. it could turn into a shoot real quick. Mm-hmm. I was taught by the hearts. I knew how to protect myself in the ring. Did you ever have to? No. Nice. You know, it never got to that, but I, you know, it's like, I wasn't a tough guy, but it's like, you kind of know, like, you know, you, you, there's certain boundaries you don't cross. Do you so think I, maybe it helped you rep a little bit coming through the heart dungeon? I mean, there's possibly, got to be instant respect, though, possibly, for people who go through that. Possibly. I mean, I was I was crisp. I always had good matches. I always, um, when I had to put guys over, I did it to the best of my ability, made everybody look great, was a responsible young man as a, as a performer, as a businessman. I did proper business, so huh. I... I just never had that issue. You, you hung around with some guys though that were bullies in the industry, right? From what I understand, right? So do you do, <laughs> do, do you feel that you ever look back and go, "Man, I really did this kid wrong that was coming up," or like you tortured someone? Or no, I personally never did. Um, there are a couple of instances where I maybe I sided with the the guys for uh, the wrong reason but mm. even then not really i mean hell it was just hazing and i and i, and I got it worse than anybody Did like you? i yeah okay. I, I was always getting ribbed um what, an andre poop in your Boy's... locker or something like huh? that andre poop in your locker or something not andre but davy boy used to take my bag <laughs> oh. and like hang it up from the rafters oh. what was and... what was the worst thing that someone did to you that they ribbed you on uh, well one time in germany i uh, took lex luger's uh friend of the female persuasion at a bar and i think it was like dusseldorf or something and um he was uh obviously upset because he's lex luger i'm not and I got, i'm lex luger I got, hey. I got a little bit too drunk and i woke up um <laughs> late for the bus ride to the next town 
and I had all my metrics. I had water dumped on me, metrics dumped all over me, and my I had uh, I had beads and like uh, braided hair, like fake horse hair, <laughs> attached to mine to come out of the mask, the Aldo mask. Right. Yeah. And that was all cut off, and uh, <laughs> it was a receipt from Lex Luger for me taking his uh, his uh, delight home with him. <laughs> So what, what was was did you consider this girl in Dusseldorf like a ring rat type of? Oh, she was uh, certainly uh, of that persuasion. So, yes. so then, it, so you guys got mad at each other for stealing each other's he rats? He obviously did. I didn't see. You like wrong Lex? With it's a rat. Take it easy, pal. He did you la- did you laugh your ass off? Because I would have. I would have been like, yeah, top of the card, slaying uh, this was, buddy. It was, it was funny, and and, and, and Luger, and Luger ended that. up getting ribbed for it the whole trip. <laughs> That's great. So. But uh, yeah, great. it was it was definitely fun. But it was it was funny because I had beads attached to my uh, braided hair, and it was in the M M&M and M jar on the tour bus. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I got for being a wise ass. Oh my god! Coming out of the uh, we were talking about speaking out mm. recently. News again: Sunny Tammy mm. Stitch, who was supposed to be in studio. Yeah, uh, she's back in jail. Another issue. Yeah, I know you spent some time with her. Could you talk about her at all? Yeah, I mean, uh, what is she back in jail for? What did she do? Mm. Secondhand news on my part. So, again, guys, I am a wrestling fan, not a wrestling expert. We are not the wrestling experts. We don't have the inside information. But right. from what we understand, she had an argument with her boyfriend. Something might have happened. She, oh, okay. He called the cops on her. She took off in a car. She has no license. Right. Gotcha. And boom, she's in jail again. Um, Look, I, I, I've known Tammy since I, I pretty much since I started, I've known her since 94. Um, she was always very impulsive, very, she, I, I think she suffers from, and I'm not trying to, this is not a dig at, in any means, shape or form. I think she really suffers from mental illness. I think she has a lot of issues, obviously substance abuse, something I've dealt with my entire career. Um, but I think she really just feels like she's still sunny from 1995. I was going to ask, is she trapped in her gimmick? I think she is, and I I think she's gone through so much, man. I'll tell you, I got in some trouble a couple years ago, and uh, it really kind of made me realize, like, you know, you got to chill out, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Things have, you know, and I don't think Tammy ever learned her lesson, and I honestly don't think she ever will. Mm. Um, you know, she has a wonderful family, and I just think she's alienated everybody that's ever cared about her. Mm. So uh, I worry about her, but at the same time, she's not necessarily doing anything to make it better. To make it better at all, and yeah. not even, but not even asking for help, right? Because I think anybody would be willing to help her if she was sincere about it. I, I just mm. think Tammy's just. She'll say what she has to say to get off of the whatever the next thing but, is going to be. It's, it's got to be hard, right? You were a famous guy. People clamoring to have yeah. your attention. Same with her. It, it must be very difficult to make this sort of transition, you know, to regular life. After. It, it, it is, uh, but for her, I would imagine it's much more. Because, uh, uh, you know, she was, uh, you know, WWE's first diva. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was really sought after in many different ways. You know, she she was every kid's, you know, young man's dream sure. at some time, you know. Sure. Uh, and for me, it was more, you know, for me, it was more like, look, I had my time. I had a good run. Um, now it's time to, to move it along. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still do what I do, but that it, it was okay for me to let that go. For her, I think she very much lives in that, and she lives and dies by being 
Sonny and by being that person. What's sad to me, though, is, is I don't think she realizes that every time she makes an appearance, if she's clean and sober, the fans are still going to love her. Mm-hmm. She's still going to be clamored for by the people who loved her growing up. She'll still get to feel good about herself. She should give that a shot sometime. Yeah, and and it's and, and I tell you, it's it's hard for her. it's hard for anybody to be sober. Like, mm. I'll tell you, it's hard for me to be fair so enough. Sure. Fair enough. You but know, I, I still have an al- I, I, to this day. I still have an alcoholic beverage all the time. Okay, and I shouldn't. I, it's probably rolling the dice in a way I shouldn't. But I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be a hypocrite mm-hmm. about it. I'm not going to lie to you guys or right. to anybody else. Right. I don't feel like I should. But that, you're still rolling the dice. And Tammy, I don't think she feels like like I know I'm kind of like easy kid. You gotta walk, you know, step slowly. Mm-hmm. Where she doesn't really feel that she has to worry about it because she's sunny. right, right, and she like, she's got the pedal to but the metal. Going yeah. back yeah. to the Full. demons, right? We all do bad things in life, right? You do things you regret, things, right? She's done some bad stuff to people that she's loved, at least from what we've read. Yeah. She could be walking around with those demons, and she just can't get past it, realizing some of the stuff. That I mean, I caught you on a shoot interview. I won't mention so the guy's name, but you spoke about how you went back to a room. And she offered herself up to you, and you yeah. you passed. Yeah. But I mean, holy wow. crap, dude! That's like phew, that's. Well, I'll tell you the story now. It was it was literally at her uh, mother's, or uh, yeah, it was at her mother's house. What? Candido and I, it was uh, me, Candido, Hakushi, and Tammy. Remember Hakushi? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we were all traveling together, and we were staying at their at Tammy's mom's house. And Chris was in the shower, and she gave me the office to sleep in, uh, just like so some some sheets and a pillow. And while Chris was in there taking a shower, she came in and kind of undressed and said, you know, let's go. And I tried to laugh it off, not to make it weird. Yeah. I said, ha ha, funny, funny, just leave me, you know what I mean? Because that's my buddy. Like, I'm in your house. Right. I can't disrespect my friend that way. Right. Did and you... just that, just somebody that would be that way, to me, disgusts me. Right. I'm not that desperate, man. Right, right. You know, I don't care who you think you are. Right. Right. Did you ever speak to Chris about the way Sonny was behind his back? Not I, I, that. Not about that particular incident, no, but in incidents in no, general? No, and I don't think a lot of people could. That was the biggest problem. Shane Douglas, the same way, because mm. he was very close with Chris. Bam Bam Bigelow, the same way. And Chris we must were, have had an idea somehow, though. Chris no? knew. Chris knew. So he knew. Chris knew. He just didn't want to believe it, and he just kind of went at it with blinders. That's a guy that who comes across. Tra- but that was the tragedy of it, too. Right. He comes across as a very good soul. Is that he was, a, was one of the kindest people in the world. He was a good-looking guy. He yeah. could have had any woman he, he wanted. He could have just yeah. moved on. He must have really loved her, huh? Really in love he with really did. And yeah. it was just a shame how much he was disrespected, especially by Sean and those guys. Yeah. Because yeah. he did it to himself. It was almost like... You didn't stand, you couldn't, like, anybody with two eyes could see what was going on, and he chose to ignore it and still try to be kosher with everyone. Right. And it's like, dude. He just wasn't capable of walking into the locker room one night and knocking someone the, the, the or fuck at out. Or saying something. Say, do you something. You don't even have to be violent about it. Just right. saying, hey, dude, I, you know, whatever. A right hand would have been understandable, though. Yeah, but you know what? You, yeah. you mentioned Sean, right? Sean was a major player. Scott Hall's hanging around. You hung around those guys. You know, you open up your mouth. You yeah. lose that paycheck, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, hey, don't cause any problems. Yeah. And that's what it was. You know, speaking of that, you were with the click, you hung out with the click, yeah. you hung out with Scott Hall. Being that you were with them, I was always very surprised that you didn't get more of a push. Right. You know, you you talk about X Pac or one two three kid at the time, he got a push. You mm-hmm. were, in my opinion, much more talented than he was. 
And I felt you were in that same role as he was, and I never understood why you they didn't because they had a lot of clout, right? They yeah. made a lot of. I'm, yeah. How come they didn't push you ahead? Like, did you ever talk to Scott and be like, "Yo, help me I out here"? I I didn't want to. I don't know. I just didn't feel you, good with that. You felt like you were pulling a card or something, taking a shortcut or something. I I, I did, and I just felt wow. it wasn't for me to to do. I was like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I and I also was from the school of, I wasn't really. I didn't feel I was ever ready at that point to really be pushed to that level. Mm-hmm. And the only time that I was offered something was when Razor and Kev went to WCW. And they offered me to come, you know, to get my release from WWE as Aldo to go to WCW. And I went to Vince's office and I asked him for my release because they were like, Pete, we'll get you paid. Come down here. And, uh, I, re- you know, I went to Vince and Vince refused. That's when he sent me to USWA, which in turn turned into ECW. Do you but, think uh, Vince refused? They ever offered me. Do you think Vince refused more so for his personal feelings towards Scott and Kevin leaving at that point? I think it was Spite? more. Yeah, it was more okay. of I'm not going to have one of my name guys or whomever right. from my company, regardless right. of how it's going to. You know, it's not. Did you get be... more pay out of the deal though? It's no. like no. no. Uh, Vince, Vince Vince had me for another year. Regardless. Vince knew you were one of Scott and Kevin's boys oh, too. Of course, yeah. Oh, he was totally so, spiting you. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah, now, okay. now I'm veering right though. Go You're on. an independent contractor. Uh, right? You're an independent contractor. You have a right to work wherever you want to work. I understand you have an agreement. So what does the agreement say? You have to work for the WWE and you need permission to work somewhere else? I mean, how is that? And and that's binding as an independent contractor? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And it, those contracts were very, very loosely written. And he did that for a reason because uh, a lot of the guys that he had under those contracts, they were... Those contracts were literally all three years. Uh, each year only guaranteed 10 bookings at $150 back then. Right. Damn. Yeah, that's it. For you know, And it, they were so interpretive to what he wanted. So he really had all. He knew we couldn't afford lawyers to combat. Yeah, he's a shifty genius, isn't stuff, he, Mr. You know McMahon? What I mean? So we really had wow. no. So, you know, so basically, you could have went to WCW, just dropped the Aldo gimmick, yes. went there. With fear that you might get, see, that's what I don't understand either. You go to, you could have went to, couldn't you went to Kevin and Scott and said, "Hey, look, you know, have WCW fight the good fight." Like, they I don't have, get they, it. They, I know that, about that's for, but for them, that's like you know, I'm asking them to do that. It's like right, you know, I got it. Wants to You're still trying to establish like a yeah. you know big time you yeah. know thing going yeah. on for and yourself nobody, here. It, it comes down to this, man. Everybody's your friend, but in this business, nobody's going to go the extra mile. Right, and speaking unless there's something in it for them. Right, and speaking of that, you at one point you were obviously close with Scott Hall. The last time you were here, I remember you know you didn't have the greatest feeling about Scott, and quite honestly, we're not so sure about ourselves. Has the feelings changed? Where are you at with Scott Hall today, as we speak? Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I think Scott is. Uh, is a lost soul in my opinion, man. I, I've stuck it out with him through the years. I've always been the guy to, you know, all his detractors. I kind of sometimes look stupid in sticking up for him. Okay. So uh, he's just done me wrong too many times to where I feel like I, I can even say anything anymore. Did you ever finally get him on the phone and be like, you know what, bro? I mean, did you have that conversation with him after all this shit? No. Douche no. you, you know? No. I mean... No, he, 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 the last thing, the last exchange I had with him was, I think he, I, he said something to me on Twitter 
of like, you know, stop being, you know, because I was say I don't know, I said something about like, you know, recovery or, or okay. something, something along those lines okay. of me like kind of searching for some kind of help. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, he basically called me out, said, you know what, you're a puss, man up. You know, on, on Twitter? Yeah, just kind really? of, just, just verbally blasted me on Twitter. Because you expressed the, the want to try to better yourself? Yeah, through... yeah. And, he's, and just... he's putting you down? How many times have Vince got a check for him? To a rehab. All right, that's, that's interesting. But anyway, All it, right, was go just, on. it was at the time where I was just like, you know what, dude? Because a bunch of us have also had that come to Jesus moment with Scott. X-Pac did too. They almost came to blows one time in a car ride. It's known as the come to Jesus moment with Scott Hall. Yeah, Very interesting. Just, you know, okay. he's who he is, man, and you're not going to change him. X-Pac just, almost went at it with him? You yeah. would F for that? What, what went down there? Uh, Pac told me the story. I wasn't there. They were in Florida going to, you know, from Orlando to Tampa, and some something happened, and kids just, like, pulled the car over. Let's go. <laughs> Got a load of X-Pac. Yeah. But it's just, he, he's just, you know, man... Sean seems like a sweet guy in real life. Is the one, two, three kid a tough dude? He's a tough dude. He's a but tough he's dude, a great, huh? He's a great dude. He's, you, we were he's talking really about that, too, dude. about big guys, he's right? So dude. I always thought he was a He's a pretty guy. big guy. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's he's tall. tall. Yeah. I didn't, he's a big dude. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. A hell of an athlete, too. Not, I mean, he's great. Nothing. You know, it's funny. When we met Animal, like Animal was in studio. That yes. dude's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All you guys are huge, but... Anyway, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with the former ECW heavyweight champion, Just Incredible. See you in a second. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV in Ron Conkham in New York. We have a special guest in studio, former ECW heavyweight champion, Just Incredible. Yeah, and on that note, let's bring up my favorite portion of your career, when you become Just Incredible. It's about damn time. Now we've got the ultimate gimmick. It completely works for you. You get to ECW, and you come across Mr. Paul Heyman. Tell us about Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, man, he was uh, definitely uh, he was a cartoon character. He was <laughs> he was Al, if you ever watched the movie The Devil's Advocate. Yes, he yeah. was Al Pacino in The Devil's Advocate. That's Paul Heyman in real life. Um, Paul Paul Heyman gets credited for being a, um, a great booker, a great storyteller, Innovator. and he does all those things. Uh, yeah. But the best thing he he did was he was a great motivator. Mm-hmm. He took talent that was uh, minimal, under, underdeveloped, and also underconfidenced, and mm. he made you believe. Right, and he would get you in a corner, like you know, five minutes before your match, he would sit there and lock you into a place, you know, just you and him talking, and he'd be like, you know, give you this big pep talk, like you could do this, you are, you know, you are this character, you are, you have all the talent you've ever needed, you just got to go out there and do it. Did he create most of the characters we saw in ECW? A lot of them, yeah. Did he yeah. walk up to you one day, look, size you up and down, and go, "Just incredible"? Was it was it, it like was, that, or it, uh, it, sort of? Yeah, That's sort amazing. of. Amazing. He's a genius. Yeah, I love sort of, it. Sort of. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, how I mean, did you I, feel I, when he dropped the name to you? You must have been I, like, "This is it, awesome." Yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, I was. Um, I always had the idea of I wanted to be. Uh, 
a Shawn Michaels-esque heel where, like, bump and feet, like a Ric Flair kind of, Pat Patterson, Ray Stevens, a guy mm -hmm. that just, a heel that bumps around for the mm -hmm. baby face, but also be a, a scumbag when he can get his shots in. And, uh, you know. The scumbag portion of your character, because you were, and that's right, folks, you were uniquely irritating. Yes. You were, you, did, who did you pattern that? Uh, sometimes I wanted to reach into the set and just choke you. And because you just, who who did you get that from? Did you have any influences? Because yeah, that I mean, was it, perfect. It was just like the Ric Flair's, the the bad guy. Like, and, and just, just to be, you had carte blanche to kind of be a dick. And, you know, guys you couldn't stand, guys you wanted to beat up. Mm -hmm. And I, you could just be that little, and Paul helped. Paul had a bunch of little mannerisms and little things that I could do to kind of mm -hmm. ramp that up. But mm -hmm. it was really, uh, you know, it took me a couple a couple of months to kind of get it all together. But it was, it was, effort, it was fun. It was actually effortless. It looked you know, like it. It was fun. It was fun, and we had a good time with it. And, uh, you know, when sky's the limit and you're allowed to just go out there and create, it's you can't go wrong, you know. And the worst you could do is like, ah, that didn't work. Don't do that again. Right. So you you, you swerve and you go to the other way. Right. But it was it was great. It was a great time for discovery. And you know, as long as you go out there and have good matches, quality matches, you were you're doing okay. How were you able to prepare yourself for what you would face physically in ECW? There's no way Vince McMahon's company prepared you. One of your classic moments: you come down off a ladder during one of the ECW ladder matches and bounce, literally bounce with your skull. I don't even know how you. How do you practice stuff like that? You, you don't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Geronimo. But you know what? Well, here goes nothing. Bang. I, I must say this, uh, and, I, and people are going to think I'm crazy, and I hate to even say this because it's going to kill the gimmick. But I got hurt more in WWF oh. than I did in ECW. The wow. rings were way softer in W in ECW. Really? And the guys we were working with were a lot smaller and a lot lighter. Okay. Uh, we controlled more of our own uh, bumps, um, and we're like you in WWE. Those rings were like cement, and you were working with three hundred twenty pound guys that would just drive you through the yeah. mat and hit you as hard as they could. Okay. Where in ECW, we are all kind of close knit, and it's like, don't kill me, dude. Just take it easy. I'll sell it for you. How about all those tables, though? I mean, those tables were easy. The ECW tables, there's no way they were more expensive than the WWE tables. Yeah, ECW tables, they weren't gimmicked, first of all. That's, they looked like they were straight from the high school cafeteria. They that were, had to hurt. No. 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 There's no concrete around the ring. There's well, no, that hurt. That, thank but you. But it broke your fall. It broke, you literally, it it, but it literally fall. slowed you down <laughs> quite a bit. If you really look at it, it goes thump, right. thump. Right. So you really, the big, if you were to land straight through, right. it would hurt like hell. But you really lose a lot of that momentum that would hurt. Right. So it was just all, wow. man, it was it was visual. It was, we knew how to audio, visual, and how to manipulate it to make it work for us. You know, it was you really sure the did. masterful work. Right. It really was. Right, and it was illusion at the highest yeah, form of art, really that's was. for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Who, who, in your opinion, has a more talented wrestling mind, Heyman Ooh. or Bruce Pritchard? Ooh, I like this oh, one. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. By a mile. You worked with Pritchard, you too, though. Oh, right? yeah, I worked with Bruce. I like so Bruce how come much. Heyman over Pritchard? Uh, I just think Paul is more um, more temporary, contemporary. Uh, I think he's more in tune with what's, go what's going on in the business, where Bruce is more um, traditional pro wrestling. Which, again, you could argue it's just a matter of taste. Mm -hmm. But I always felt Paul had a real way of motivating his talent and 
creating for that particular talent where Bruce would just, I think, you know, he knew how to write good pro wrestling where Paul could look at an individual and say, I see this in you and go that, you know, go that way where Bruce was more of a general you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're going to fit this piece whether you're good for it Yeah, or so not. I'm going to put your you know, square peg in the round hole yeah. no matter who you yeah, are. Yeah, and Paul would really and Paul's like, let work. me fix yeah. something for you. Right. Right. And I, it was more, again, he, he believed more in uh, what what do the young kids like, mm-hmm. what's popular. So then how come Paul doesn't, trans- how come Paul doesn't, doesn't translate anymore? Because he doesn't care. He's bought and paid for right I mean, now, he isn't he? Care. I mean, he yeah. was fighting for his life in ECW. Right. Um, and it was a it was a different time and a different era. And now it's almost like he's he's not on the he's not the cool kid anymore. Right. And he hasn't done anything to prove anything differently. Um, he's Brock Lesnar's manager. That's it. And that's it. And he doesn't need to be it. anything else at yeah. this point. Why why um, be anything else? You know, uh, I think you know what made ECW special was. You know, they, they used popular songs of the era. Oh, my God, did they ever. And created these cool vignettes. How did he not Illegally, get sued, by, by the way? way? Yeah, how did he Illegally. not get sued? Illegally. Illegally. I was just watching at the Sandman today with Sandman, yeah. and then there's uh, Walk from Pantera with RVD. Yeah. Those were great, by no, the way. Great. You yeah. know, they those don't play those on the network now. They, they, don't cut, the they network. cut it all out. But you when can't we were play. doing right. it then, it was just, man, it was it caught the vibe of what the it kids did. wanted. Yeah. It, it did. was cool. It was really... Uh, you know, it was original. It was. You know yeah, what you, I mean? we were talk- and that's what really started the rock and wrestling with Mr. T and Survivor right. and Eye of the Tiger. But, yep. but, we, but we were talking about that, right? You know? So today's wrestling, people always picking on everything that's going oh. on. You know, you look at old ECW stuff, you see a whole bunch of mistakes happening. Oh, yeah. Those, yeah. But you guys perfect. were forgiven for anything yes. that went on. Be- people just loved you, know you why? that much. Yeah. You know why? Because as a viewer, organic is organic, and it came across organic. Yeah. It didn't come across like a like an overstuffed bullshit production. Yeah. What you saw was yeah, real. A it different was, time. Was it was, was a blurred time, right? We right. look, man. Even the WWE back then. Sometimes I thought some shit was real. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you know, you're like, whoa, it. wait a minute. Is this really happening? It. And maybe some of it was real because some things were happening in the background. Right. So. Like Flair and Bischoff really truly had problems in real life, and then they yeah. would explode. Right. Scott Hall with his drinking. Yeah. Well, I hated when they did that, but they yeah, did that. Yeah. You know, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. All right, here's a good one for you. Do you think or do you feel that Vince McMahon is currently destroying pro wrestling as we speak with what he's doing, the way he's presenting it? Vince killing it or what? Or I'll even ask you this. Do you think Vince is even involved anymore? You're talking oh, about stop Heyman. it. Do you think Vince, Vince is, is kind of in the back seat now? I don't. I, I honestly, that's a good question because I don't think Vince McMahon has ever meant less to pro wrestling than he does right now. Ooh. Seriously. Wow. Uh, we're not talking about... I don't, I don't, I, I honestly well, don't think anybody really believes that Vince McMahon is a driving force of anything creatively. I don't I think, think so. he's the final, uh, you know, okay, yes or no. I think whatever winds up on TV goes past his table. It goes past his table, of That's course. I, but I, I don't still believe think that. He's, 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 he's dialed into what right. really matters. You think he's slowly checking out upstairs? Because I am I worried about that. I don't know. I don't um, think so. I don't think so. I, mean, I hope not. And you wouldn't know anyways because he's just such a, you know, Recluse. different, different yeah. animal <laughs> than right. all of us. But uh, I think with what's going on with AEW and the balance that, you know, that Triple H and Stephanie have to, you know, with NXT, and I, I just never could imagine that wrestling is like at a 1.5 to 2 million viewers on these national stages. As and much I, as it's sputtering right now, is the company safe with Triple H and Stephanie in the future running the show? 
they're safe, okay. but they're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to. Just going to keep going the same. It's going to be, and that's what, that's what scares me is we are turning off fans very, very at a very high rate because there's just nothing to be passionate about. Well, you said you know? 1.5 fans be broken up between a whole bunch of wrestling All these shows. shows. Yeah. And we not spoke good. about this. Today's wrestling. You've got 120-pound guys in the ring. Look, man, with all due respect, if I'm going to go watch you wrestle, you sure as well better be, be able to beat my ass. Yeah. Right? I don't want to yeah. have to go, oh, really? Simple. I kick this dude's ass. Yeah. Believability still counts in this. They could, they could say kayfabe is dead all they want, but if you don't give me something I can believe in, screw you. That's and basically the thing it. is, too, that the WWE, like, I tried to watch, uh, you know, some, some of their stuff recently, and the guys and gals are as good as ever. Oh, sure. Huh? And Athletically. The they're as sure. good as ever. Sure. Uh, it's just, something's just not connecting with me, man. I'm watching, it feels like I'm, uh, it's an overload. It's like mm-hmm. I'm watching the same stuff every mm-hmm. day. Do you feel like every single one of them should cut Rob Van Dam a check? Because when I see this, I see that this was Rob yeah. Doing it w- much better, by the way, yeah. many, many years ago. Yeah. Everybody's trying to be Rob Van Dam now. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, he was an my originator. Opinion. you got to give it a break, oh, though, right? He what? was an originator. The originator's always there. And eventually, you can't improve. You can't get any further. Right. You can't take a million flips. So now, there's another problem, too. We're old school, right? We used to go to the garden. Oh, yeah. Backlund used to hold Morocco in an arm bar for 10 minutes. Right. You couldn't get away with that now. No. You'd be booed out of a building. You would. And back you in those would. days, that armbar actually was creating tension, leading to the next big spot. No one had a phone to distract them. Right. They were staring at the match because yeah. the story was being if you, told. You, 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 do your, you do your show every Friday. If you were to evaluate, pull a great match from old WWE days, pull Jimmy Snuka back in a steel cage with Backlund. Wow. Right? Or even take that Morocco Jimmy Snuka uh, match. There's another one. When you watch it and evaluate those matches, they're... On to good, level. But, right, but they're not. They're, they're not like, oh my God, this is the most incredible thing. It's actually like, I tell them all the time, I don't like watching the old school stuff anymore, I do because it ruins it for me. Because my memories of it are me. so large. Nope. And, you, know. you know what I love about those old matches is, and for the example, I was watching Andre the Giant versus Ernie Ladd, 1977 Madison Square Garden the other day. A simple right hand from Andre brought that crowd to a roar. Yeah. It's just one fist. Yeah. And the crowd was completely engaged in it because there was some realism there. They, well, they were invested in Ernie. They were invested yeah. in Andre. Yeah. I think the biggest problem is that we're nobody's over. That's, right. That's the thing. And, and one of the biggest things is, too, now um, there used to always be, you know, I, I, the Monday night era. You used to watch both programs because you didn't know who was going to show up where. Mm-hmm. There was always this this thing like, what is going to happen? Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Now you know if you miss Raw, you're going to be all right. You right. miss SmackDown, right. you're going to be all right. You miss AEW, you're going to be right. all right. Right. There has to be... I don't know what it has. I see that's the thing. I don't have the answer. How, I just know that what is happening and just isn't working. Here's the answer: they have to build a star, right? So the WWE at some point said, "We're not making any more stars because my stars screw me eventually in the end, right?" Or whatever the yeah. case is. Right? I think Vince changed after Stone Cold took his ball and went home, and Vince went on TV and said, "Stone Cold took his ball and went home." After that, we had a processed star in John Cena. Yeah. Since then, we're waiting for the next one, and Mike says it to me all the time that he feels Cena might be. The, the last great star of any kind, I whether think, he's processed or not. Right. I think you might be right. There you go. So you, you've you always right. had a great mind for wrestling. Do you ever think about reaching out to the WWE or AEW no, no. to be a writer? Like writing. No, no. 
No, that's just not my thing. No, no. I I I always want. For me, I'm a performer, and I just because it's easy to say like you know everybody could put on the booking hat and say they could write. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I'm just not quite. You know, and anybody will say, oh, I could write a better show. They're they're kidding themselves. Well, you hear right. that all the time. You right. hear it all the time. I know it's it's a lot harder than and you know you don't. The problem is, man. Back in the day, Vince used to have the main event for WrestleMania. And it, let's say it was Hogan and Andre. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go back a year. And then how do we get to to the main event of Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania and go back and start booking from there? Right. Mm. Um, and that's what nobody does anymore. Mm. Everybody's just going show to show. They show up. Who are we trying to get over? Who are we going to promote? And there's nobody in either. Did that start in the Attitude Era with Vince Russo? Because yeah. I personally think Vince Russo has got plenty of genius moments in his career. I, but was he more show to show rather? Because Vince would oh, plan yeah. two years in advance. Yeah, he was very much more show. He to was show show. show. Yeah. That's, Russo, that's where it begins. Russo yeah, knew his audience. Oh yeah, yeah he sure right? did. You can't. Sure did. We talk Hogan Macho Man. That that feud built over a year. Oh, my God. Like, it's slowly... Yeah. You can't do that nowadays. No one has the attention span to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you could try. It doesn't hurt to try. I would no. try. I yeah, agree. I agree. It doesn't I hurt to try. So. I think we, we, we've we've gotten to a place where we don't even know what works. Mm-hmm. You know, we just throw stuff out there, and we just... If it doesn't hit week one, if mm-hmm. the ratings are a little yeah. low, for whatever reason... Let's bail. Let's bail. Or if you, you know. get better ratings, let's just... Pour that group on again and again and again till you get sick of them. Yeah, I, I just think they need to really. Uh, I think there's too much wrestling right now. Yes, I think there's too much wrestling for what the audience wants. How, I think if they just had Raw, and you know maybe SmackDown, screw NXT. Right. You know, because I know they did it to you know they put it on prime time to run against AEW, but right. that's. That's neither here nor there. What about the lost art of the valet? You clearly enjoyed. Yeah, your... that's another thing. Well, can't we have more managers speaking for some of these? Because some of these guys can't talk. I'm sorry. Yeah. How about giving them a ma- Bobby Lashley should always have a manager. Yeah. He's I, an incredible I, I, specimen, but he can't talk for shit. He's got to have a manager. And just to have, and that's the does, one thing, me. Francine, Dawn Marie, mm, so many others. Um, you know, they were just beautiful girls, amazing. just the cat fights. Just there's so many things you don't do anymore. But why? Why? But you can't. Why? You put a cat fight on, people flip out, right? Oh, now my it's God, sexist. what are they doing? This now is it's sexist. sexist. It's embarrassing. Right. So, right. Uh, you know what? Grab a set, and, and you got to stand for something. This right. is yeah. professional wrestling. Right. I agree. This is, you, you, don't, you, you could also combat it with, look, this is entertainment. Right. Um, I is. also write. I also write a story about a, a murderer who's a psychopath killer, and the cops are going after him. It's fake. Mm-hmm. We're a fake show. You know what I mean? Right. You should be able to, right. you know, this isn't real. Like, where do we right. draw the line of reality? Right. Hypothetical. You're running your own organization, right? And you're, you're getting towards the big time and you got some really big sponsors. Hmm. And your writer goes, I got this great idea. We got this talk show host. He's going to bring on this wrestler who happens to be from the islands. And he's going to hit him with a coconut while throwing <laughs> bananas at him and making fun of his heritage. <laughs> You're the guy that's running that organization. Are you pulling the Are trigger saying, on that skit? You know Justin? what? I'm going to grab my balls and I'm going to go with this. I'm not going to go with that one. Though. Not today, huh? Not today. <laughs> not today, huh? Not today on that one. What? Oh my What is God. Justin Credible's favorite as a fan? Yeah. Your favorite match you've ever watched Ooh. that you that you, you sure. love. 
Uh, Ric Flair, Rick Steamboat. Ah, uh, Wrestle War 89. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He always he goes after that. Really? Yeah. It was great. Which one? I just, Wait a minute. Which one? They had like, Wrestle War 89 in Nashville. That's the one I think I picked. That's the one you picked. Yeah, I I think like, that's the I, one I, I, how it, great was that match? It was great. I, yeah. For me, that's what made me want to be a wrestler. <laughs> Bro, you grew up on the Northeast. Though, I know. Man. That's what everybody says. You're a traitor. He's such a real homer. No, wow. he's such a homer, though. And so am I, though, too. We actually, back in the days when 3,000 people watched that. It's all right. Yeah, but I, I, billions I, speak about it to this day. You know, now I can't. You know, right? Everybody's different. It was um, because it was almost everything that the WWF wasn't at that time. Uh, sure, because they they you know it was the land of the giants. Right. And but I, did as, you embrace as, Hogan and Warrior when all well, that I, was I happening? That was great. But don't get me wrong. I loved Hogan. Okay. I loved Warrior. But as okay. a kid. I was force fed all that stuff, and then I'd go to okay. like the magazine, like the you know the food stores or wherever. Sure, they had the PWI racks. wrestler pro wrestling I, illustrated. Yeah, I'd look yeah. at PWI, and there'd be like Flair Steamboat, and you'd read all these things, and it right. really helped make wrestling at that time. Right, and right. then it was like, am I missing something? And then when you'd get that opportunity to finally watch it, it was almost like watching something you're not well, supposed to. Did you to, catch you know? any of the earlier Georgia Championship wrestling no. in the early? You didn't catch no. any I did, of We didn't have WTBS till oh, later. Oh, bummer, man. Yeah, that yeah. stuff was fantastic. Yeah, I didn't catch oh, that until later God. on. So, but yeah, that would be it, you know. All right, yeah. we're going we're gonna to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with uh, pro wrestler Justin Credible. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen every Thursday, produced out of Indie Music TV in Ron Conkham in New York. Um, you know what? I said I got one question for you. I do have one question for you. All right. One final question. What, do we need a drum roll for this? Yeah, one? you know what? I I had a bunch of stuff, and I just I wanted to hit on this. Okay. Um, when did you realize addiction was taking over your life? Hmm. When, uh, I would say 2001, I had uh, some time off from wrestling. and I ECW went out, has like, folded. Huh? ECW has ECW folded. ECW has folded. Okay. Um, I was in between, getting ready to go to WWE. And okay. uh, my wife and I were going to the Jersey Shore with my parents. And my wife said to me, uh, Pete, do you want me to fill your prescriptions to take with us? And I said, no. I'm not wrestling. I don't need the, the medicine. So, oh, sure, all right. So we went down there. So uh, my mom, my dad, my firstborn son, uh, my youngest, or my oldest now, but uh, he was my only at the time. And we got down there, and I'm like, first night I go to bed, I'm like starting to feel sweaty, starting to feel not good. You know, maybe it's hot. The bed's not comfortable. You know, whatever. Horrible night. Then, you know, I got in the shower, didn't sleep at all the next day started to get very nauseous, diarrhea, you know, cold sweats, the whole thing. And I just, and I started to get very emotional and very achy and just this horrific feeling. And then finally, after about day two or three, about day three, um, I said, Jill, I, I don't know what's going on. I said, she's like, well, call the doctor. And I called my doctor 
And I told him what was going on, and he said, don't, don't worry, I'll call you in something to the local pharmacy down in Wildwood, where we were. And then I, you know, I got the prescription, I took it, you know, as ordered, whatever, and I felt good again, or normal. And I'm like, oh, this is a problem. That, were these pain meds? That, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was Vicodin. Uh, but that's what it is. That's what physical addiction is. And it, and maybe it's my, me being so naive uh, and in some instances in my life, but I'd never connected the two. I was just like, you know. And that's when it really started to, and then it gets in your head, right? You don't want to be that sick, and you have to keep going. Yeah. And it becomes a real uh, juggling act. So it took me a long time, you know. The addiction was almost a necessity, though, as you're doing your job as a pro wrestler with pain, no? Or um, do you it, think it, you could have gotten through it without pain meds, pro wrestling? I could have, I think. Okay. Uh, but at some points, I don't know, man. It, it, there's there's some points where, you you know, you say you can because you, you realize, like, how far out of control it, it had gotten. But there were times where I could barely move, hmm. you know. And uh, one thing we were taught back then is you never say no. Right. You know, Vince wants you to, you don't, you don't dare call in. Right. No matter what. I remember having a concussion, like stone cold blacked out, not knowing how I got there. And then wrestling a day after where now you get through concussion protocols and you're out for months. Mm. I'd be out in the ring the next day. Right. You know, on several occasions, more than one. Mm. Uh, So who knows what the damage was. So you were just always afraid to... You know, because you wanted your job, you were afraid to be honest and say, "This is," you know, you did whatever, spit and glue, man, tape it up, take just to, to keep going because you didn't want to lose your gig because there was somebody coming up that was damn well ready to take your spot. So, in a way, you were kind of forced at some point in your career to have to do something you didn't want to do, like walk uh, out there with well, a concussion. I mean, two and two is twenty-two. Maybe if I, I was, uh, maybe if I was stronger mentally, I would have been different. But I, I you know, it's just a very scary thing when yeah. you're holding on to something. I don't know if I would risk my job either. No you know, way. it's it's just you know, it's what it was. You know, right. I don't blame I don't blame the business. I don't blame WWE. Yeah. I don't blame ECW. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was definitely something to think about, though, because yeah. you didn't want to lose what you have because so many people wanted what you so had. It was so hard to get it, too. Yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, how, it was scary. How about ending on an up note? What is the greatest moment of your pro wrestling career, if you have one? There must be one favorite moment. <sighs> I get asked that quite often these days, and I really don't have anything, like, huge that stands out. But I would have to say the, the first time that I won the EC, well, the only time I won the ECW world title, mm-hmm. because I, even though wrestling's a work, Mm-hmm. Um, it, what it showed to me was that I was able to to be one of the best in the world in a in a major company. Run, you know what I mean? It it's was a like stamp of approval. WWE, WCW, ECW, That's and right. I was one of the one of the top guys in, in that conversation. So that to me solidified my worth to the business at the moment. So yep. that was, I would say, that was it. Oh, I loved it. Loved the the gimmick. It was amazing. So you got millions of fans out there. Trouble times. What kind of message can you send to the fans? And just uh, just just stay positive. I know it's 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 easy to say, but you know I'm one that's doing it every day too, and not knowing sometimes where you're getting your next uh, paycheck from. You know it's been rough, but uh, just just stay positive and do what you can to just make everything better and better yourselves, and to keep everyone around you that your loved ones safe and healthy. That's yeah. it. You're you a know. special human being, man. Thank you again Thanks for coming. Thanks so show. much. It was a pleasure. Thanks, man. Uh, upcoming events, August 8th, Agent Eric Sims. You know Eric Sims, right? I do. Buddy of yours, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 
He's a real piece of work, that guy. There's no BS. You hate him? No, I don't hate Eric. Dislike him a little bit? No. I love everybody, man. Really? Yes. Even Even after a car ride? Because when you were telling that Nash and uh, Kid story, I was thinking... Sims was probably driving that car. They just wanted to kill him, and so they just took it out on each other. <laughs> I just put my headphones on. Hey, look, guys, there's a Wendy's. August 8th, we've got uh, two interviews. Agent, super agent Eric Sims on the first hour, and then WWE superstars James Ellsworth and Gilbert in front of a live studio in Solomon. I love Gilbert. Monty DeFaro can be seen on YouTube, the Monty DeFaro page, Facebook Live on the Monty DeFaro page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV. Bless, Bless you. you. The Monty and the Farrell Twitch. RTF Sports <laughs> Network, Friday, 6 to 7 p.m., their drive-by <sighs> show, and then the replay is on Monday from 10 to 11. Channel 115 every Tuesday from 8.30 to 9. The abbreviated version. Saturday, 6 a.m., on Channel 115 to 6.30. Channel 20, Friday morning at 1.30. I think that's about coverage. Are you sure? We want to thank Just Incredible. Aldo Montoya. Just incredible. And just a hell of a human being. Thank, Thank you, you again, sir. <laughs> Thank this you. is my Mike pleasure. Monty. This is the Pharaoh. Until next week, later.